Hello, and welcome to the Kids Ministry Circle podcast. Kids Ministry Circle is a community for kids ministry leaders to be encouraged and equipped to love and serve the local church. My name is Lauren Jackson, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Becca Harris. Hello. And before we jump into our conversation for today, I wanted to share a few announcements with you and some fun things that are happening in and around Kids Ministry Circle. First is our fall cohort and our cohorts meet seasonally and they meet every other week for about 12 weeks and we just spend time being in community with other kids ministry leaders sharing ideas and resources and stories encouraging one another and just reminding each other of um, the truth of why we do what we do and how important it is to share the gospel with the next generation so signups are open our cohorts are completely free and open to any kids ministry staff leaders. The next announcement I have is for about our YouTube videos. Did you know that Kids Ministry Circle is on YouTube? And we've got a ton of videos that are hopefully encouraging and um, equipping for you as leaders. We've got everything from the deep dive into kids ministry curriculum and even things about how to plan the best promotion Sunday. So you can head over to YouTube to learn more. All right, let's jump into our conversation today. We are going to spend time talking about what does it look like to set up your ministry and you as a leader um, for success as you head into a new season? Many kids ministry leaders are going from summer to fall and there's lots of new things happening. And what does it look like to set up you and your ministry for success so you don't crash into Christmas? And so Becca, why don't you kick us off with some things that you like to do in your ministry career and maybe some things that you've learned along the way when it comes to setting up really healthy rhythms as you enter into a new season. Yeah. Well, first, I think everybody that's listening needs to know that this time we're not actually in the same room, which is a bummer. Um, I am still down here in sweltering Texas and you are up in beautiful Colorado. That's right. Um, and so we're looking at, a, we're gazing at each other across Zoom right now, but it's not the same um, as last time where we sat next to each other and recorded. So, uh, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about um, just some things to refresh your soul for a new season. So I, I have, I'm about to hit 15 years of working in church ministry Um, and one of the things that I always harp on with my staff, um, and, uh, even peers at our church is Sabbath. Um, you know, early on in my, uh, Austin Stone career, uh, I was a lot younger and, uh, thought I could just work all the time because it was, it was fun. I liked it. I loved what I got to do. Um, and I don't know, year one, year two, somewhere in there, I got, uh, actually got cracked by one of our elders. Um, and he was like asking me about when I rest, when I Sabbath and I have pretty high energy and pretty high capacity, probably more energy back then than I do now. But, um, and I was like, I mean, you know, like I, I worship and I do these things. And, and he was like, no, no, no. Like, when do you not work? And I was like, but I love my job and I'm working for the Lord. 
And, um, and then he was like, hey, Sabbath is actually one of the Big Ten, the Big Ten Commandments. So he's like, if you were murdering someone or committing adultery or any of those things, we would call you out on it. And he's like, but we're going to call you out on Sabbath too. So we really need you to figure out this rhythm. This is the expectations we have because we want you to last. Um, and it was really helpful for me to think through um, what that means. Now, I wish there was like, um, I don't know, three clear steps to the, the perfect Sabbath for the church worker, but there's not. We have different personalities. We have different family situations, different um, home situations, different things that fill us. And so Sabbath could be a whole episode itself. Um, but I do know that, that it begins with setting aside time where you're dedicated to not work. You're going to be still. You're going to cease striving uh, in your work and cease striving to prove your worth at your work um, and and spend the day knowing that he is God. Um, spend the time doing what it takes to restore and refresh your soul as just a child of God. Um, and so that's the thing I always tell people. Some people start, you know, start on an evening and go to go through to the next day at evening. Some people are all day Saturday or all day Friday. It can look different. Um, and I think you've got flexibility, but I do think it is, it is really, it's one of the key things I think, um, to being able to refresh your soul in a new season is really fight to keep that Sabbath. Exactly. I love that. And I love the idea of trying to figure out what works for you in a current season because what worked for you over the summer months may not work as you jump into the fall and maybe you're celebrating Mm -hmm. because your kids are going back to school that means that they're in school on Fridays and you can really take some more time to rest and so assessing what this new season looks like and also I think it's important when you do take a Sabbath or when you do have this rhythm is to let people know and say hey I'm not going to get back to you on Friday right away. Like it's going to be a couple hours or I only check my phone once a day on Fridays or once a day on Saturdays. Um, And so other people have this known knowledge of what your rhythms are so that no one gets offended or gets upset that you're not answering. um, Or they probably know how another way to reach you if there was an emergency. Um, so filling in your team and saying, Hey, this, these are my rhythms, help me keep them. Um, and I think that just the one that models really well for your team, probably what you speak, uh, when you tell people, when you tell other people to rest and you encourage other people to Sabbath, you being the model, um, Mm -hmm. will go a long way. Um, and so, and I think it just helps set up some sort of accountability, I can't tell you how many times when Beck and I were working with each other, one of us would message each other on Fridays and it'd be like, uh, what are you doing? Why are you working on Fridays? What's going on? <laughs> um, and so having that accountability is a really great opportunity just to stick with it and putting it on the calendar and setting it up for just this whole season and say, and maybe looking ahead and saying, Hey, we've got our fall fest or whatever's happening in the fall. And so I'm going to take a full day off or I'm going to do X, Y, and Z to refresh after this big event. Um, and so, yeah, I think Sabbath is a great idea. Um, Becca, what about our friends in kids ministry who feel like they're working all weekend because come Friday, you get those text messages from volunteers. Yes. Saying, 
I'm not going to be there. Yeah, and I forgot I was signed up to serve. Working. Yeah, those things, you know. And you get caught working Friday and Saturday trying to fill those holes for those classrooms. So what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I think there's a couple ways to do this. Um, I think one is, um, you know, like sticking to your guns on your Sabbath regardless. So part of Sabbath, honestly, if you're reading in the Old Testament, when he talks about Sabbath, it's it's all about trusting that, that remembering and trusting that God is God. And so when you get that text on a Friday, if that's your Sabbath, uh, I know that's distracting. We can talk about that here in a minute. But like I, in that moment, don't, don't, it's easy to feel like, oh no, I need to re-engage with work. Just trust the Lord. Like, first of all, first and foremost, trust the Lord that when you pick that ball back up tomorrow, he is still God. He is, he is, if he's asked you to be still and know he is God, that's still what he wants, even when people cancel. Um, I think it's hard for us in kids ministry or student ministry, especially when we feel like, but if I don't take care of this, then this certain ministry can't happen on a Sunday. And so, um, yeah, I just, so I think that's first and foremost, stick to your guns about your Sabbath, um, when it's most strategic, most helpful for you. Um, and then I think outside of that, I think you need to define, have a plan for that. Um, and what I mean by that is with your supervisor, define like what faithfulness is to find those subs. So we've had this on our team where, um, we, you know, have our kids ministry staff work with the executive pastor and say, okay, when I get cancellations, Instead of me just working all the live long day on Saturday to find someone, let's define what faithfulness is. Like when you get that text of cancellation, you're going to call or text four or five people. And if one of those four or five people can sub, great. If they can't, you were faithful. We defined that as faithfulness, right? So that would be working with your supervisor to define that. So that you can feel relieved when you've achieved that, um, knowing that they understand if that room's closed, they help set that expectation with you. Um, and then knowing that you have done your due diligence, you can trust God, it's his church. Um, and you, you didn't, you weren't lazy with it, but you also didn't, um, you know, didn't not get any rest or have any weekend to get anything done because you were texting, um, on on the weekends so lauren i know you had another idea that you'd heard of recently to not work on the weekend when people um text you so why don't you share that yes like i said at the beginning if you want to make it to christmas if you want to make it to the end of the semester and not find yourself crashing and burning come christmas eve you have to put these rhythms in place so that you can persevere and that you can sustain and sabbath is a big piece of that um, because it reminds you that god is the ultimate sustainer and i love what becca said about how um like you have to in the moment where you get the text of someone declining or canceling like you have to in that moment say hey i'm choosing to trust that god will provide and i'm choosing to remain faithful in my rest time Um, and even that idea of defining faithfulness, but also what does it look like to share the burden with your, either your volunteers, or if you have multiple kids staff, instead of, instead of putting the responsibility of finding subs all on one person, what if you shared weekends Mm -hmm. and you said, Hey, I'm going to take the responsibility of finding subs for this one weekend. And then you're going to take the next weekend. And then I'll take the, like sharing that responsibility can allow someone to fully take a weekend off of working and trying to find 
replacement volunteers, trying to recruit more volunteers. And I mean, everybody listening probably understands that tension of texting and calling and emailing and moving volunteers around and seeing who can jump in last minute. But when you share that responsibility, it really helps the leaders have some time off and be able to breathe. And, um, and so one way that you can do that is by sharing with your staff, but also what does it look like to get one or two key volunteers in and say, hey, you may not be able to commit on Sunday mornings, but could you commit to helping me find volunteers throughout the week and throughout the weekend? Um, that's a really great way that someone can serve your ministry and serve you as a leader really well. Yeah. One other trick to Sabbath. Uh, if you have an iPhone, if you don't have an iPhone, I'm sorry. I don't know why you don't have an iPhone, but <laughs> I have no help for you. But uh, Apple, on you know an update or two a while back, came up with all the different focuses that you can set and you can make your own. Um, and so you can set, whether you want to call it Sabbath or personal or whatnot, you can set that focus to start on a certain day or at a certain time. And then you can decide what kind of notifications come through. So you can literally go through and only add certain contacts that can call you or can text you. They can still text you. You just won't be notified about it. Um, and then you can get into, you know, there's certain apps you can use or don't use or those kinds of things to help you rest. But as far as notifications, that's been really helpful for me on days when I'm off or even when I'm on vacation to have that kind of focus setting so that I don't immediately get notified by someone about a work thing um, through text or phone calls. So um, that's a little, a little hack for you there uh, for you iPhone users. So, all right. So we've got the talking about the leader, talking about the kids ministry staff, the leader who is in leading that ministry or serving that ministry. How do you refresh your soul for a new season? But what about your ministry as a whole? So a lot of times switching from summer to fall, if you are anything like the culture in Denver, you get an influx of families in the fall because most families are away for the whole summer. Um, they're in the mountains, they're traveling, they're doing all sorts of stuff. And so come fall, come this August, September, you just get all your families are back in the city and in their homes because school has started and new rhythms are happening and so there's a lot, there's a couple of things that you can do to set up your ministry for success as you head into a new season. And the first one that we'll talk about is re-engage. And so there, there's a pretty good chance that your parents have been out of the loop, your volunteers have been out of the loop, your kids have been out of the loop. And so how do you really be intentional and re-engage with those people groups um, as you head into the new season. Becca, how do you guys re-engage with those people who have maybe been gone from your ministry for the summer months? Yeah, a couple of things, just simple, simply is what we start a new curriculum cycle every August. So when they come back in, we're kicking off a new cycle. Um, so something new and exciting there. And so, um, and so that's a really easy, they're not coming back to in the middle of something they're coming back for uh, a, a new a new cycle, um, so that's you know, and that's a fun way with kids as they promote up their everything's new and fresh um, as they promote to their new classrooms. For parents, I like there's just so much excitement anyway. So maybe we're like, you know, making some things pop in the kids' hallway. We've got maybe like balloons or balloon arches or fresh decor. We've tried to tried to make things look new and clean, assuming 
that even though we have a ton of our families coming back, that there's probably going to be visitors, people who haven't been to our church in a long time, or even people who've never been before. And so when I think about that group, I'm thinking, what do they need to know about our church? Or maybe what do they not know about our church? Um, Especially if we've made a policy change or change in the last year. And so I want to have information readily available, whether it's the the things you need to know about kids ministry on a basic card. I want to make sure you have contact information available. So maybe business cards out or postcards with different contact information. Um, You know, you just, you want to assume to, you don't want to assume that a new parent will understand your processes. So maybe they need a card that explains what the check-in tag does or why people in your ministry wear kids shirts or, you know, what does the number mean when it gets put on the screen in service? You know, anything like that, that someone who hasn't been there before may not understand. Um, but trying to do it in bite-sized information. You don't want to hand them like a 50-page packet with your handbook because they they just won't be able to digest all that stuff. Um, so I think that's a really good way to engage your kids and your parents. Um, Lauren, what do you got for volunteers? Yeah, I think uh, this whole topic of re-engage... Um, really comes into play when with volunteers when you're talking about training. And so I know a lot of ministry leaders take this fall to have a big fall kickoff volunteer training um, and just reminding volunteers of, hey, we're here. Uh, we're here to support you. We're here to walk with you. We are here to be a team and um, serve together on Sunday mornings and really engage them uh, by having fun by training them, um, there's a good chance that your volunteers, if they, um, if maybe you have a huge team of volunteers that are college students and they've physically been away all summer and haven't been around. And so this re-engage piece is, is your time to say like, Hey, how are you doing? Not just here's your schedule for the fall, but it's how are you actually doing as a human? And, looking past what you need them to do and really taking the time to focus on who they are. Um, And I think that's a really way that you can intentionally re-engage your volunteers and say, hey, first and foremost, we're a team of people who love Jesus and love serving the church. And then secondly, we are working together. But first and foremost, we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And I care about you and I care about who you are and what you're learning and where God is leading you and all of this stuff. And so I think that's a really key way to re-engage your team of volunteers is to care first, schedule second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think when you do have those meetings, especially if people feel cared for, that's going to help them buy in. Um, And so when they're bought in, they're there to serve. They're there, you know, every week, every other week, whatever your rotation is, um, you want to make sure they know what they're after. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, I think often in kids ministry, without casting vision over and over again, people will quickly feel like a warm body in a classroom so that the mm-hmm. real ministry can happen in the auditorium, right? Um, and that's far from it. Uh, you know, there's the value of a soul is not determined by its age and years. So the value of the souls you're ministering to in, the, in your kids' hallway is no different than the value of the souls filling the auditorium chairs. Um, but people forget that, um, even the people who love it. And so one of the things I like to do is make sure they know what's our vision. 
where are we going? Um, and I'll do that usually by casting a broad vision, but then also maybe giving like a few key things. Like I want us to achieve this or work on this this year. Um, and some of that can be like, I want to help, you know, we're building a team or I want our team to be more excellent at these things, or I want to engage parents better, whatever kind of some, some of my goals for ministry might be that the volunteers know that, okay, this is what we're really going after. I think that's important for them to know that yes, they are serving up, serving every week. Yes, they are teaching curriculum. Yes, they're loving kids. Um, and, but I want to keep the, a vision of why are we doing that and how can we grow in doing that even better, you know? Um, and so I like to, to do the fall training. And then again, sometimes even in like a January, February, I'll kind of, I make sure we put our mission and vision and values in front of our team so that they know where we're going and why we do what we do. That's really good. I think, between re-engaging your parents and volunteers and then reintroducing them to the mission and vision and policies. I think that could really set up your ministry for success as you head into this fall and winter season. And um, just keeping like those between parents and volunteers and kids, if you strive really hard to make sure that they know who to contact, they know that you're available, they know that you want to come alongside them and equip them and encourage them and that you are caring deeply for their kids and that you've got an incredible team of volunteers. I think as you lay that foundation, as you head into a new season, as the schedules pick back up and as people get busier and busier and busier, having laid that foundation at the beginning will help you kind of get ahead of reminding them over and over and over again as the season progresses because we all know that fall season it starts off and you feel like it's busy because it is busy but then there's halloween which is busy and then there's thanksgiving which is busier and there's christmas which is the busiest and so Mm -hmm. you can just find you can find yourself getting lost in the hustle and bustle of the fall season and so i just think it's really important to take some time and set those goals like what becca was talking about and then just kind of re-engaging and reintroducing yourself and your ministry to your people and making sure that on Sunday mornings you are out and willing to have all the conversations and try your best to connect with people um, before life just piles up. Yep. Any other thoughts, Becca? No, I mean, I, well, I did. I was As I was sitting here, I was like, man, we gave people a lot of information uh, in a short amount of time. Um, but I, I like the kind of the language. So just kind of like recapping of like we need to, one, be refreshed as, as ministry leaders. And so making sure we have rhythm set for that. And then we're trying to reengage with people who are coming back to church or new to church for the first time or that just we haven't seen in a bit. Um, And then we want to reintroduce kind of our ministry policies and values um, and make sure that everybody kind of knows the direction that we're heading. Um, Those are the things that will really help kind of kickstart your semester um, or your year, kind of however you think or plan um, that will help you um, have a successful year. Yes, that's so great. Well, friends, thank you so much for listening. If you love this conversation, please Um, subscribe, comment, rate, and share with fellow kids ministry leaders. 
Um, we believe over at Kiss Ministry Circle that we can all continue to learn from each other. And as we are continue to invest in the next generation, it's better when you do it with friends. So if you would like to keep the conversation going or learn more about Kids Ministry Circle, you can find us over on social media, over on Facebook and Instagram at Kids Ministry Circle or online at kidsministrycircle.com. Well, thanks for joining us and we will see you next time.